This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. I'm Tim Komar. I'm sure you already know who I am. I'm Shannon. And this is episode <laughs> 139 of our program that we do every week. Thanks for tuning in on whatever platform you listen to us on. If you could be so nice while you're sitting there listening to us right now, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating on said platform if the option is available to you. And uh, tonight we are going to be reviewing the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special. What's the name of it? The actual technical name? Something about pro- problematic holiday something or other? It's problematic. It's problematic. Uh, yeah, there's a Harley Quinn special for Valentine's Day that is streaming on HBO Max. We watched it since this week is Valentine's Day. Even though you'll probably hear this after Valentine's Day, uh, we are still going to talk about it this week because... It's kind of relevant. It's the week of love. And after that, we are going to be talking about The Bad Batch, episodes 7 and 8, and The Last of Us, episodes 4 and 5. You know, uh, we haven't reviewed any movies lately. It's just not a lot has really come out in theaters. You know, it's the beginning of the year. Um, But blockbuster season used to be for movies used to be just uh the summer and now it really like starts at like the end of february beginning of march so we're gonna get a lot of movies they're gonna start coming out soon and we'll be getting into all those movies and draining our bank accounts by going to the movie theater and seeing them uh we'll be doing that soon but for now we're just watching a bunch of crappy tv and complaining about it every week so if you're a fan of ours and you've listened before, you know that. This is the way. <laughs> you know that's what we do. Right. So, uh, Christine, Shannon, and I watched the Harley Quinn. Christine, can you look up what the actual name of it is? Oh, I'll do that on my computer. Whose cat is that getting into the podcast? Is that yours, Shannon? No. Oh. Is that Adams? Whose cat is it? <laughs> we my, all... cats not, my, my cats are not allowed in the room in which I am podcasting from. No, is that our cat? Home. Is that our cat? Is, <laughs> no. that, is it coming from inside the house? <gasps> oh, mine are being okay. quiet and singing. It's probably, it's probably from our house, and we're just hearing it over our microphone. Anyway, uh, yeah. Somebody's so. gently motorboating their microphone. Um, yeah, we watched the Harley Quinn special, uh, 
a very problematic whatever. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how significant it was. You don't even remember the name. I. It doesn't matter. It was a big, long name, and it's a Harley Quinn thing, whatever. Uh, exactly. Christine, <laughs> we watched the first season of this, right? We, we did. Did we watch the second season? No, we did not. Okay, we watched the first season. We liked it a lot, and then we just kind of left it alone. Uh, never got back to it, because they didn't really hype up the other two seasons. I believe no. there's three seasons now. Ooh. And uh, we've just been watching other stuff. We really didn't get it back into it. There really isn't a reason we haven't watched it. Um, from what I've seen, though, uh, in, in as the show's progressed, it hasn't really gone that far. No, it's pretty much the same, you know, Harley and Ivy up to shenanigans with yeah. their friends. Right, but it seems like there's significantly less of their friends that were in this episode. Like, King Shark wasn't in this episode at all. Where is he? He's he one of my favorite characters. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. was. He? Yeah. He had, like, a two-second flashby. Yeah, okay. a, a ghost uh, parody where he was doing stuff with Clay. Oh, he's the doing... shark lady. <laughs> okay. I I didn't see him. I, I might have been out of the room at that point, but he was one of my favorite characters along with Clayface is pretty funny. Didn't see any Kite Man. He was in there. He was in there too? Yeah. What was uh, what was I watching? I don't know what you were watching, but you weren't watching what I was watching. Where was Kite Man? Dude, he had like a second thing with some kite lady flying around. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. He made it. He made an entrance. Okay. So anyway, we like this show, and uh, we just haven't. <laughs> we 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 like this show so much that we hardly pay attention to it, and we've only watched a third of it. But <laughs> Shannon, ha- have you watched all the seasons or any of it before tonight? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And do you like it? Oh, well, clearly, if you've watched all of it, right? <laughs> well, I haven't watched. I hadn't watched a lot of season three yet. I actually okay. did not know it was out already. Yeah. Um, but I skipped ahead and I figured I could just watch the one because it was a holiday special and it could be watched out of sequence. Exactly. Right. Um, right. I really like Harley. So, yeah, I watched the first two, enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably go find the first half. Yeah. I mean, besides besides the second Suicide Squad movie, um, I think this is my or Margot Robbie's uh, interpretation of Harley Quinn. I really like that. Uh, even in the first Suicide Squad movie, which I didn't care for, I did like her portrayal of Harley Quinn a lot. And the second Suicide Squad movie, I, I liked quite a great deal. Um, and I know, Shannon, you feel exactly the opposite, right? On those movies? Shannon? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my mic was having problems. And I was hoping nobody was going to notice. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> calling okay. you out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So apparently you asked me a question. Can yes. I ask you please to repeat it? Yes, I was just uh, talking about the two Suicide Squad movies. I, because yes. I'm talking about my favorite portrayals of Harley Quinn. And mm. it, it is this show. And then I also like Margot Robbie's interpretation of Harley Quinn. Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess I like the one from the Batman animated series, too. Oh, yeah. It was pretty good, too. But um, I was talking about the two Suicide Squad movies, and I said yeah. I like the second one significantly more than the first one, and I know that you probably disagree with that. Isn't that true? <laughs> it is. Yeah. I prefer the first one more than the second one. The second one had so much gratuitous violence that was just over the top. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of that why I liked it. And that may be why you liked it. Yeah, this is why I liked it. Um, but no, 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 it's, it's not James why Gunn. I liked it. I it, it just liked, I just liked the movie. I just liked the way the movie structured. I, 
I like the dialogue. I like the humor. I like the effects. I, I just am a real fan of that movie. I, I don't know. And I'm not a fan of the Suicide Squad, but I am a fan of that movie. And I just thought it was a great story. And um, mm-hmm. the way they handled Starro and everything was just, it was fun. It was, and it was like touching and heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And it was just very bizarre. It was a very bizarre movie, but I just loved the well, shit out Gunn of it. James Gunn can make anything beautiful, so. Right. Anyway, why. so yeah, um, that's our whole past with this but uh the valentine's day special uh did you love it christine i thought it was pretty funny i heard you snickering over I there was snickering. i didn't hear you laugh out loud a lot no i mean it, it's it's a special you know I, I thought it was like there's some funny parts in it but that i felt it was a little long yeah, they take jokes a little... The, my biggest complaint about this series is they take jokes a little far, and they take things a little far, and sometimes it can desensitize yeah. you to everything that's going on. You know, you can only say fuck so many times before it loses its effectiveness. What I found right? with, like, uh, the Harley Quinn show is I can watch, like, one or two episodes at a time, yeah. but I can't watch any more than that because the humor just gets a little, like... N- it's a little much. Yeah, it's a little much where I'm just like, okay, this is kind of grating and I need to take a minute from it. But like, if you're just watching one episode here and there, it's actually a pretty good show. And this one, I mean, it's a Valentine's Day special. They did what they could with it. I had some fun with it. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a fun. Um, but it's like a lot of things that this show does where they push the envelope a little far and you're wondering how they could top it in the future. So like, they did everything you can do in in this episode from you know showing nearly nude characters and a million fuck words and you know showing people banging in the streets and and Bane's you know large ding dong and everything and having sex with buildings and stuff where like how could you make another one next year and make it Clayface was how can you take it butt? up another yeah. level you you really can't right no it would have to no. be a totally different kind of story because it would just be more of the same yeah right? they- they had so. an interview online where they said that they didn't think they'd do another Valentine's. They were thinking like Hanukkah or something else instead. <laughs> That's that, fine. I mean, like one fun. Valentine's Day special is fine. They don't yeah. need to re- do one every year. Do one every year. Yeah. yeah. If you're gonna do one, this is this. You can't really top this. No. It was funny. It was fun. It was a little long. The jokes went a little far. Um, Bane can only have sex with so many buildings. But I enjoyed it very much. Shannon, <laughs> did you did you like it? I did enjoy it quite yeah. a bit. Um, it, it toward the end, I was getting a little done yeah. with the innuendo and the straight yeah. out not innuendos. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it gets a little gratuitous and stuff. Um, but you know, it's it it is actually a quality. It's it does things well that Velma tried to do and Ugh, totally Velma. failed at. You know, totally failed at where it reinterprets these characters as edgier versions, but actually is is much funnier, is much funnier. And, you know, even if it's not exactly the DC hero or villain that, you know, um, if, if it's changed a little bit, it's still a funny interpretation of of said well, thing. Basically, it's like spoofs. So- of- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, it's kind of like a spoof of what that character would do. It's like, oh, Ivy's always, like, growing her vines or doing something silly with that, you know? Like, I mean, it's like, it's just a a spoof on the characters, but it's not a complete differentiation like Velma did where it's, they're completely unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my point was going to be. They're plausible. 
This yes. is definitely... They're not outside of the realm of possibility. I could see these actually being comics that right. were done. Right. And, you know, it's cutesy. It's cutesy. I, I, you know, I even like the touching point of, you know, them working through their relationship and being like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> it didn't have to be my number one. I don't know that you'll ever top my number one. Here's my number one Valentine's Day. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I, that's one thing that I loved about season one of the show where it is very funny and it is, you know, pushing the boundaries of decency and all that stuff, which I, I do enjoy. Um, but it, it also had really touching moments and yeah. like really good character moments and stuff where you were like, why is this show doing this to me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it did that and it continues to do that. So I'm going to catch up with season two and three, I think, um, when we have nothing else to watch. And I enjoyed this quite a bit. So if we could get Adam back on board now. Uh, Summon Adam. Adam, return from the void. <laughs> Uh, we are going to talk about The Bad Batch, episodes 7 and 8. And th these are two good episodes to talk about together because yeah. they very much are the same storyline. They run together and one has consequences for the other. Um, I was It's very much a political thriller uh, storyline in, in these episodes. And I really loved it. One of my favorite movies of all time is All the President's Men. Uh you know, the Nixon um, uh, deep throat, you know, spy thriller, Robert Redford and uh, Dustin Hoffman from the 70s. And I got I got lots of all the president's men vibes and other movies from these two episodes. The show is so well written, so well constructed. <laughs> I never thought I would be enjoying uh, a political thriller on this level in an animated Star Wars cartoon. But it was so good. It did so many things right that Andor did wrong. I was going to say, dude, as opposed to Andor, which, like... Yeah, anyway, we already bitched enough about that one. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's a direct comparison of how, you know, Andor was trying to show you, like, the bureaucracy and all that stuff about the Empire. Mon Moth was bank it, account I problems. It, I, I think, honestly, <clears throat> it deep-dived a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we don't need to see all of that stuff in 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 the inner workings of the empire. See how and, they do their taxes. Yeah, it's a, a lot of people seem to enjoy it, so I'm not gonna like shit on everyone's enjoyment of it. But it's just a lot of stuff in Star Wars that I didn't need to see in Andor, and I was really uninterested in. And they they do such a better job of telling the same kind of story, really, in in these two episodes, but doing it just. Marvelous. So much better. Yeah. So the idea is that they are trying to um, nail Admiral Rampart for um, destroying Camino, all the settlements on Camino, and he's trying to cover up the whole incident by saying that it was a big global superstorm or whatever that destroyed Camino, which is just unrealistic you know like they said in the episodes um you know camino has it's withstood already, yeah it's already withstood that many <laughs> you know i mean it's it's a planet that has constant storms and their settlements were built to <laughs> totally withstand any of those storms i mean there's no right. like they can submerge to protect themselves right 
So it, it just doesn't even make any sense. But, I mean, that's kind of what empires do, is just give you this, you know, base explanation and just give you no reason, you know, no, no other path to believing anything otherwise. You know, this is the truth. Uh, like 1984, we've always been at war with Eurasia, you know. and uh, Fight for your chocolate pools. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um I, re- I really like these episodes. This this show just keeps getting better and better. Um, Adam, you want to gush about this for a while? I know, I know you were way into this, right? Oh, I was way into it, dude. I'm, unfortunately, I, like my brain is pretty pretty fried from my work week. So, I mean, yeah. I, the thing that I like the most is uh, how they really keep involving uh, Omega in it. Yes. Uh, I'm a little bummed out to see Echo uh, leave the team for whatever amount of time. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, it's weird because like, you know, they do like the, the, the clade in, uh, and, uh, slip are both, uh, like one of them's conflicting. Cause it's like, you know, it's like, we're following orders. It's like, yeah. And dude wasn't on board until his homie got like whacked mm-hmm. <laughs> for, yeah. for, uh, speaking out. And then it was like, a, oh crap! Now he he knows he's got a he's involved, whether he wanted to be or not. Yeah. So. Right. I, it's just uh, all the issues that they were dealing with in in this uh, episode in these episodes have just parallels to real life and like dealing with like right. veterans and. Right. You know, like, why don't the clones have representation on in the Senate? And it's just like... It's kind of weird, though, because, like, you would have thought that, like, that would have been called for earlier. Yeah. Not just, like, I mean, th- there had to have been at least one or two senators who, like, have, you know, have the long view on things. And, like, well, when this crisis is over... Uh, a, what's going to happen with Palpatine's emergency powers? B, what's going to happen with all these wonderful clones that we now have that don't have a normal lifespan? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Kaminoans to like let them know, hey, by the way, as these guys get older, this is the type of health problems you can expect for them because growth acceleration. Yeah, I I think I think a lot of it had to do with always having something else to a major thing to focus on because I mean, really it was dumped on them that there even was a clone army. And then they had the opportunity where they just had to use it. What, you know, fuck the morals of it. They had, they had to use that army. And then the fact that that was very convenient that they just happened to be available right as they were needed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and then they had to deal with the whole war. And then after the war, they've got to deal with, you know, uh, rounding up the, remains of the republic and you know everything in jedi and insurgents and all of that so many insurgents <clears throat> right and and um i i think they're just now in terms of where the empire is and the senate is just getting to finally argue about those issues even though it seems like they've been doing it for a while uh right. when this episode picks up but like they're finally able to talk about those kind of things and that scene um, when the empire, when the emperor finally emerges into the senate chamber, that was a really ooh, that gave me chills. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was like, ooh, Palpatine's going to speak. And Palpatine reveals what he, what he always does. The genius of Palpatine 
is that he's always super using long game, man. <laughs> he's always yep. playing the longest game of all and he's able to roll he has every possibility laid out and yeah. how he can use it if it turns out that way to his advantage and that's always been the genius of palpatine and that's where I think the creators of Star Wars took it too far in the sequel trilogy where they said, oh, no, 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 no. He's been making clones and he's been building an army over here. And there's, all, you know, like, eh, OK, Palpatine would kind of do something like that. But like you gave us no inkling to this at all, you know, and mm-hmm. like sometimes dead people just need to stay dead. <laughs> The dead don't die. <laughs> you know, I, so anyway, uh, Shannon, what did you think about these two episodes? Um, I, I did not enjoy the first one quite as much. Like, I'm watching it to watch The Bad Batch. So, mm-hmm. you know, not to even have a glimmer of them at all in the first one. Yeah. I, it was very ho-hum and a little boring. Um, I really enjoyed the second one where my my homies are there and it was great. And, yeah, I was totally bummed out over the team getting okay. split up and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, that kind of came <laughs> out of nowhere, right? Right, yeah. So, <clears throat> so Shannon, you, you didn't watch any of the actual Clone Wars series, have you? Not yet. It's I kind of have to wonder how, to the top of the list. how how huh? much you would have actually enjoyed episode seven of this had you watched that. Oh. Yeah. I think for like me, Travis and Christine, we've we've seen so many different clones, not just, you know, the Bad Batch, not just mm. Rex, not just Cody. Um, or like fives, um, tup, mm-hmm. a whole uh, just slews of them, like yeah. that you only ever see like once, maybe twice. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but they're all essentially Mandal- based off one Mandalorian. So. I and I also think I also think of Rex as an additional member of the Bad Batch. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he kind of has to be in the middle of it. You know, he doing his thing. I think he's like an honorary member and he really would be with the team, but he feels so much more drawn to like being inside fighting against the machine and the bad batch, you know, they've got, they're doing their other little treasure hunting missions and all this kind of stuff. And Rex just is not on that. You know, I think it's more like a a difference in what they were, what their original um, purpose was during the clone Mm -hmm. war. Sure. Batch. They're specialists. Yeah. You know, they don't really belong to any one thing, and as such, they can throw them at just about anything. Right. And then there's um, uh, Cody, who's he's been hardwired at, at like a genetic level for command, so he's yeah. a problem solver at like a bigger level. He's always going to be bigger picture. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of why he's he wouldn't ever just stop to be just part of the bad batch. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Rex was trained for a whole for leadership, for leadership, yeah. and I yeah. mean, the, like you said, the Bad Batch is meant for doing mission. They're not, they're not gonna like lead a rebellion. They're or, coverts. Yeah, but yeah. you call them up when you need when you need that data from inside that venator. Mm-hmm. Like that's who you call. <laughs> They're the clone clone version of the A-team. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that was going to be my point is they they operate so far out of normal Mm -hmm. specs that they don't need to, you know, follow a chain of command. They don't need a leader. So it's perfect that they're off doing their own thing and their own Mm -hmm. little adventures. But Rex needs more. And and they can't blend in. They can't blend in physically like Rex can. No. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Like none like they they physically look appear different. Yeah. Um but the other thing is though it's like that's like they refer to the other clones as regs. Right. Yeah. Right. I think if it wasn't for his tattoos, um what's his fug who actually is working for the empire? He's about the only one who could actually pass as a regular clone. Yeah. Right. Um Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are really good. Christine, you got anything to say? It was... Oh, it's actually kind of touching when uh, Omega was all sad that Echo was leaving at the end. Yeah, yeah. that just came out of nowhere. And, yeah. And, you know, that leaves me, like, Echo with his unique appearance and, like, how, you know, how is he going to be hanging out in um, Coruscant? You know, like, he's definitely going to have to stay hidden the entire time. Like That's why cloaks were involved. <laughs> That's why cloaks, yeah, cloaks solve everything. Cloaks in Star solve Wars. everything, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your you finest cloak. Back. Yeah, yeah, they're so hot right now. Yeah. Um. So we enjoyed the Bad Batch. Uh, there's little minutia we could get into it. Uh, little uh, Easter eggs here and there that were great. Um, it's always great seeing Bail Organa. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just Jimmy Smith's uh, <laughs> visage is just pleasing to see. Uh, even if it's an animated form, so I always like that. And um, yeah, really, really good quality episodes of this program. Uh, let's get into the Last of Us. Um, that last episode that we reviewed last week uh, was so good. Episode three was, was so good. So good. Such a wonderful love story. We should have talked about that for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, long, long time. Uh, but anyway, uh, we reviewed it last week, if you want to go. It was just me and Christine, and we just pretty much talked for 20 minutes about how much we loved it. We were like, I love this one thing when it happened. Like, oh my god, I love that thing. What would you think of this thing? I loved it. Oh my god, this thing. It was things. real good. Oh my god, yes. It's funny seeing Nick Offman as being a, uh, a gay guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it, apparently he was talked into that role by his wife. He's married to uh, Megan Mullally. Uh, if you know Megan Mullally, she was the spunky lady on um, Will and Grace, their spunky oh. friend. Uh, yeah, Megan Mullally. The, oh, the, the one with the obnoxious voice? Yes, yes. Uh, that is Nick Offerman's oh. wife, and apparently he was okay. talked into doing this by her, and um, thank God she talked him into it because it was great. That was a great episode. Yeah. Can we just talk about that episode? I would rather a lot talk more? about that episode. It was so good. Like, Remember when it, with the strawberries? Oh my god, the strawberries! Oh, the strawberries! Oh. And you're my purpose. That was so oh. good. And the piano. And all the dinners he made that looked so amazing. Oh yeah, oh, that yeah. was so good. And then they torched all those people when they tried to break in. Anyway, uh, episode four and five. So. Um, let's see. We are going through Kansas City. Uh, and um, they're tra- we're we're on our way. Joel and Ellie are on their way to Wyoming to meet up with Tommy, Joel's brother. But first, we gotta get through Kansas City, and some shit is gonna go down in Kansas City because apparently, in the QZ in Kansas City, there was just recently uh, a revolt against. Um, what are they Fedra. called? Fedra. Yes, against a Fedra. Fedrin. It sounds like a Fedrin to me, and it just keeps tripping me out. And uh, there was a revolt, and so now, uh, in quotations, uh, Kansas City is free. Um, 
but the people that are running Kansas City now are vindictive and totally on a revenge trip. And apparently they've got some demons, like, actually buried <laughs> under under their city that are just waiting to bubble up. And um, so Joel and Ellie get their truck smashed uh, by some highwaymen, basically. Some post-apocalyptic highwaymen. But they did the send help thing. Yeah, send, they did send help. <laughs> send help. <laughs> that Loki and yeah. uh, Thor uh, are, are prone to do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they got okie-doked, and um, they end up now truckless and supileless and in danger in this wild Kansas City with all these very hateful, vindictive people. And we meet uh, Henry and Sam, who are part of this whole Kansas city mess and Ellie and Joel hook up with Henry and Sam and Henry and Sam's story is really good. And it's beautiful. Um, but it almost loses its impact after the beautiful story that we saw last week in episode three. I think that th- their story didn't have quite as much impact on me because I mean, they're just like throwing another like touching as like duo at me again and i already seen like the best one ever last week so like this one's good but it can't be what it was last week you know what i mean and like watching t'challa's mom die like all right exactly adam exactly (laughs) because you were so touched by watching t'challa's funeral that like when when the queen dies in the same movie you're like oh come on and then you don't even give like any time to the queen for, you know, what happened and her life and everything. And it's just like, it, yeah, it doesn't have the same kind of impact and it deserved more. Like, you needed a little space between these two stories to tell them both effectively. I'm not saying it was done wrong or bad, but it just didn't... I was noticing while I was watching it, and I was like, this is really beautiful, but it can't possibly have the same impact on me that the show had last week. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just don't like zombie shows like i was kind of thinking of that south park episode where uh stan tries to put money in and then it's like and it's gone like anytime (laughs) dude this show just like every other zombie type show has this thing where it's like you can't get attached to anything because you just need to keep going forward because everyone dies and it just gets really really old it's the Game of Thrones effects, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the Game of Game of Thrones effect where like don't get attached to any characters because they are going to die. All of them are going to die. Even the ones you don't like, they're going to die. They're going to die. And it's gone. Yeah. So I mean, I I actually liked episode four a lot better because we actually got no mushroom head zombies in four, and and that's Dude, when I think this show so is dumb. actually the best. Um, I, I know it's an overused trope in these post-apocalyptic shows that, like, the real demons are always the humans, right? Yeah, humans are bad. We know. We know. We know. We know. But. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, maybe they just need raisins. Let's talk, ab- let's talk about episode five and, and, and when, those, when those mushroom head zombies finally emerge to get all those uh, bad uh, Kansas City people. Um, <laughs> what is that mega mushroom Dude, zombie? That, that, that was probably like probably my second favorite part of that episode. Yeah, it was like, hey, look, 
He just took, just rolled up on that dude who's trying to protect the 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 Kansas the the people who overthrew the KC Fedra. Mm-hmm. Grabs a dude who's basically her lieutenant. Just picks him up, pops his head like a fucking cork, and just like drops it. Like yeah. that's done. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> right, and like part of me is like that was so awesome, but then it's like, but dude, like these are mindless things. Why? Like it wouldn't even. It should have just not. Not this one, anymore. Adam. Not uh, this one. <laughs> I guess, whatever. The other thing was is when um, Henry was talking to Joel, and, you know, he's just going on about, like, you know, all the crap that he's done, and he's asking whether or not he's the bad guy. It's like, yeah. I was waiting for Joel to be like, it's not as simple as that. Right. No, there, there was a lot of good dialogue in both of these episodes, and actually, um... The other thing, though, man, I was re- I was really hoping that Ellie's solution to Sam would have worked. Yeah, yeah, but she knew it wouldn't. She knew it wouldn't. She was just doing that to make him feel better for the moment. It was actually. I really don't know sweet. that she she knew whether or not that it would work. I think yeah. it was more of a like it's it's worth a try kind of thing. Yeah. I just keep on thinking there's no antiseptic in this world. <laughs> Yeah. Stop cutting yourself. Stop cutting yourself with a dirty knife and then just wiping it on the bed that has mold coming out of the ceiling. Like, don't stop it. Stop that. Stop that. Stop walking through gross water with dead bodies and don't stop cutting yourself. The real, the real villain is your own stupidity, not those <laughs> mushroom zombies. Right. Stop cutting yourself. Mushrooms only pawn in game of life. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we what do we think like n- none of us have played the game what do we think that big super like zombie know. is like if i shoot it, it, it you want to know what it is travis it's what happens with when toad from super mario eats a mushroom <laughs> <laughs> dude i was hoping to throw a few turtle shells at it maybe knock it over <laughs> doink 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, your princess isn't. Um, your scr- <laughs> no, um, your ending is in another castle. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, your brother is in another Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, better. It's me, Mario. It's me, Mario. I heard you used to drive. <laughs> <laughs> If, if you guys haven't seen the Pedro Pascal uh, SNL Mario Kart uh, skit, it was just on last week. Go check it out on YouTube. It's very, very funny. It's a dark interpretation of Mario Kart. <laughs> if, if, if HBO turned it into a, a miniseries. A super serious version of Mario. It would be too much. If they did, it would actually be too much. The The little slice of it that we got is, I think, as far as the joke will go. Yeah. I mean, you could you could take it a little bit farther, but it would really lose its impact. I think it's very funny just as an SNL skit. It's just like the serious Muppets they did with uh, like the Joker thing. It's like... If I'm trash, I'll be trash. Well, it's like it's like so many SNL movies that they made based on like a really funny skit that end up just being terrible, terrible movies. You know, like it's Pat. <laughs> you remember it's Pat? Oh, I forgot about you. <laughs> they made a movie out Owie. of that. Yeah. Owie. And that was a very funny skit. But not a good movie. Not a great movie. Not a good movie. The Ladies Man, good skit. Not a funny nah, movie. Nah. Yeah. No. No. Like Wayne's World, good skit. Good movie, eh? Sequel. 
I appreciate that the sequel very much. Sequel's all right. I, I like it a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It, it isn't an egregious sin of a sequel. No, but... it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not terrible. It's like the Blues Brothers 2000. Ooh, Ooh. that's bad. Ooh, that, I, I, I don't think I've seen that. I don't think I ever will. It's Ooh. best that you don't. The only reason to watch the Blues Brothers 2000, though, is for all the great cameos, the musical cameos that they do once again. Except you know, for like Belushi. The first... Yeah, it's. I said the only reason to watch it <laughs> is for the great musical cameos, but other than that, it's a really terrible movie, uh, especially considering the first one was one of the greatest movies ever mm-hmm. made. Ever. Yeah, ever. Ever. Just watched it the other night. Great. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, anybody else got anything else to say about The Last of Us? Uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil what happens at the end if you haven't seen episode five, but Dude, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a fucking zombie apocalypse, fucking game of Thrones without all the political intrigue. Basically like, Oh, do you like this character? <laughs> <laughs> don't like them too much. In the front of every episode about don't get attached. <laughs> yeah, just, just, I mean like, yeah. Cause like Ellie is pretty much going to be like, I'm, I'm, pretty certain it's gonna be the only character you can count on to not bite it yeah even joel even joel really i just i i haven't played the games i don't know if he's the main character in every one of the games but i'm sure there were other the last of us games where it wasn't joel anymore because he's 56 right and that seems like really old for like post apocalyptic, you know? Yeah, considering all the shit that he's been haphazardly doing like yeah. this entire time, the fact that he survived this long is kind of impressive. It was n- it was nice to see him laugh at one of Ellie's jokes. Oh, dude, that joke was hilarious. It was pretty funny. It was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> it was the diarrhea joke, yeah. right? It's like you know, diarrhea is genetic. Because it runs in your genes. <laughs> oh, man. That's horrible. This char- Chad, in this character, Ellie, has this book full of puns. And, like, oh. it's pretty much what she uses as and, a tool to, like, break down yeah. Joel's gruff exterior to yeah. get him to open up and be a little bit more human towards her. Yeah, and it finally works. That's the one that finally broke through. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's so stupid. It's like, but you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> It was. It was a good the, one. The other one was why did the scarecrow get an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one's at least better than the other one. I don't even remember what the one that like uh, Joel said off the top of his head because he's a dad, so obviously he. Knows he said that it's dad. outstanding in his field. He knew that. Yeah. He, yeah he it's like, how did one. you know? It's like. I know. <laughs> I program with all the dad jokes. I am a dad. I am the dad joke. Yeah. I bet you before his daughter died and before the apocalypse, he was totally into dad Doing jokes. Doing the yuck yucks. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 139 of Radio Free Galaxy. Please remember to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram and we are on Facebook. And we have a Twitter account that we never use. That <laughs> Yeah! That somebody on uh, a YouTube channel implored me to please start using Twitter to tweet out uh, videos that I put up on YouTube. I don't know that I'm going to do that, but 
Thanks for the uh, suggestion. You, yeah, like, how about you use the built-in uh, functions of YouTube for that? I mean, exactly. There's an alert. There's an alert yeah. button over there. And yeah. speaking of which, go over to that YouTube channel and s- just search for Radio Free Galaxy. We'll be right. your only... We'll be If you type in Radio Free Galaxy, it's just going to be results from us because there is no other Radio Free Galaxy. We double-dog right. dare you. Yeah. Right. And go ahead, you know... Subscribe. Do it. Smash, smash that subscribe button. Do it. And and if you want to know when Travis updates stuff, there's that little bell icon you click on. Dingling. Three, four times this week, I've already uploaded videos. I mean, I'm just on. You're on a roll. I'm on a tear. You're on fire. Yeah. So (laughs) go there and watch all the 1984 He-Man commercials that your heart desires. Watch crappy TV from the Milwaukee area. Yeah. That happened in the 80s. Yeah. It's but best. but not the TV, just the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's least favorite part of TV. That's come to right. come to our channel to watch that. I don't know that anyone would come after us for like copyright infringement or anything later, trademark, if oh. we aired their their commercials. Because all we're doing is giving them free advertisements. Oh, Adam, you'd be anymore. surprised at how many really? of my videos have copyright strikes. And you'd uh, be surprised how many of them are claimed by the Oprah Winfrey show when Oprah Winfrey has nothing to do with it. Wow. Oprah wow. Winfrey's uh, algorithm lawyers are litigious as fuck and they come after you, even when it's a life serial commercial that has nothing to do with, with Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. And huh. you, have to, you have to actively fight it and say, I'm sorry, Oprah Winfrey does not appear in this Life Serial <laughs> commercial from 1984. Now, fuck off. <laughs> it's like, where's Waldo? Where's Oprah? <laughs> there she is. Right, and in commercial like uh, slots, okay, the advertiser pays for those, so if it happened to occur during an episode, you know, one of the, the episodes of the Oprah Winfrey show, no. that's not on us. That's the advertiser paying for that slot. Yeah, most of, the, most of the most uh, of the bands that I get t- tagged with, like I just put up a testament concert and the algorithm pinged, you know, the 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 songs in there. But the band, the band allows you to use it on YouTube without any violations. They they acknowledge that it is their copyright, but they allow you to use it and distribute it wherever you want to on YouTube, and that's awesome. I was just gonna say, I hope you weren't getting pinged for Oprah during the testament. Oh, no. <laughs> like, not. Oprah was there just headbanging <laughs> and thrashing. <laughs> She's right there. Yeah. Is that Oprah hair whipping on stage? <laughs> Hell yeah. At the rave in 1993? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time on Radio Free Galaxy. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.